This is Selena from Idaho. I've never heard of I Doubt It with Dollamore. It doesn't sound like something anyone should listen to. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome and thanks for joining us on this episode 115 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting thirstily across from me is my lovely yet apparently parched co-host, Brittany Page. Yeah, well, I'm going to remain thirsty since I'm not allowed to drink my water. It's not that you're not allowed. It's I'm not allowed. No, 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 no. It's You understand that we're broadcasting here. You do that. You know that, right? You understand the concept of recording and broadcasting our voices out to I, our I, thousands of international listeners. I think so. Okay. Well, you get a water bottle, and Brittany has this habit. I call it a habit like it's biting nails. She has this um, routine that she goes through. She doesn't just drink cold water or almost frozen water. Brittany Page likes water that is that is frozen. And then she waits for it to thaw and then drinks it. No, you're no. no. I'm now I'm telling you can rebut after I'm done. So so Brittany, hand me your water. Hand me your water. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here here we go. That's what it sounds like when I shake her water bottle. There are chunks of jagged ice in there, and every time she would tip it to drink, I would hear like it's a fucking maraca. <laughs> now go ahead. Defend yourself, if you will. Okay. Well, you know, I like... Okay. Here's my ideal water. First of all... <laughs> I don't I don't drink sink water and I like Aquafina. That's my the only water that I drink. And I drink sparklets as well, but I prefer to have Aquafina. I think we've talked early, early on, maybe within the first ten episodes, that you are a water snob. That you call water that comes out of the tap, you call that sink water. Oh yeah. Yeah, you don't call it tap water. I know you I just call it sink water. I just called it sink water. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so sink water and I do tend to put my Aquafina bottles in the freezer. You don't tend to. That's what you do. Okay, because I, I like... It's not a tendency. Okay, well, I like my water <laughs> to be cold. Very, very cold. Not frozen, because that would mean it's an ice cube. So you're saying that oftentimes before you leave for school, you don't wrap a completely solid water bottle in a paper towel and stick it in your bag to go to No, I do that because then I can have a water bottle a water bottle that's cold and mm. and has ice in it all day. Okay. If I don't have a frozen block of ice in the beginning of the day, it's just I won't have a cold bottle all day. I find it fascinating that your story is changing as you tell it. But go ahead, tell us more about your tendencies. No, no. <laughs> You're, All right. you're mean. I'm not mean. I am truthful and actually wonderful, but thank you. So last time on the show, we talked about Brittany having her trip back to Idaho to the town in which I was born. And this 
since then, I have had all kinds of memories just thinking about having grown up in a very small town and specifically stories about that small town. Are you drinking out of the Morocco, Brittany? Are you leaning way back in your chair and drinking out of the Morocco? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just now, no, I just want to warn the audience and I'll go on to the topic here, but continue to drink out of it. But don't lean back. I want you to drink out of the maraca. I'm not going to do that. That's yes. disruptive. <laughs> it is quite disruptive. Yeah. So anyway, thinking about growing up in my tiny little town, you know, yes. I, I had uh, less than 80 kids in my graduating class in high school. Mm-hmm. I think there were 300 or 320 kids in the entire high school. It's crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it was a good. I had a great time. I don't disparage the town in which I grew up. I think it's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live there anymore mm-hmm. because it's too small and there's really nothing there for me. I don't really want to live in Los Angeles like we do now or Orange County, you know, the Los Angeles metropolitan area. But that's too small. This is too shitty. They don't even have a McDonald's or a Starbucks no. in the town where you graduated high school. No, there there is a subway now that is like in a makeshift like double wide trailer out on the highway. Ooh. But anyway, so I, I was thinking of different stories, and this particular story came to mind mainly because I had an interaction with this person on Facebook. My best friend, and this is not the person I had an interaction with because I'm on the phone with this guy all the fucking time, but uh, my best friend, Brett, friend of the show, Brett number one, we we understood what kind of a town we lived in, that it was small and rumors would spread very quickly. And we did our own little high school social experiment one weekend. On a Friday, I believe it was a Friday, we decided we were going to spread a rumor that a certain student friend of ours had died jumping off a very high bridge over a reservoir Bungee jumping. This is a very hateful rumor. It wasn't hateful, though. We we just spread the rumor. I'll call him John Doe. That John Doe had died bungee jumping off of Dent Bridge. Right. So you said someone was dead. Right. But it's not hateful. It was just... And he wasn't dead. Okay. We just spread the rumor. To okay. See, but the, the intent was to see how long it would take for this rumor to come back to us. Right. So we picked, I think, five people who were mouthy assholes who we knew would not keep the secret, we took them into our confidence to be quiet about it. We said that this person, John Doe, had tried to bungee jump off of Dent Bridge. All Mm -hmm. this you can Google and look at the pictures. But off of Dent Bridge. um, But he used actual bungee cords. (laughs) Not a good idea. And so we told these five people or three people or whatever the number was on a Friday... I believe. Well, Sunday morning before we went to church, this person's mother called us and had found, had heard the rumor, traced the rumor back to us. Wow. And called us to chastise us because she also was a Christian. And Christians have a weird thing about believing that words have power. Right. And that we were killing him spiritually, that we were speaking death into his life. And that every time someone talked about John Doe dying, that it was killing him spiritually just a little bit every time. Wow. <laughs> and Brett, number one, listen, uh, if I'm telling this wrong at all, call in and correct. Um, I don't know that we've ever even talked to John Doe about the rumor. 
uh, ha- having been adults. I, you know, I don't know if that's ever been brought up to see what he what his thoughts about it were. So how did the mom figure out who started the rumor? I guess just playing reverse reverse telephone, just backing it up, tracing mm. it back. It yeah. Seemed, well, I guess it's not that difficult in such a small town. Yeah. Well, you heard this. Who'd you hear this from? Okay. Well, who'd you hear this from? Right. Oh, and them? since there's okay. only five people that live there, you figure uh, yeah, it out pretty it's a, quick. It's a town of three thousand people. You know, and the high school's very, very small. Anyway, it was just it brought that very funny memory back to me, and it's uh, you know we're going to be back there in June. Right. And it's going to be a good time. It'll, yeah. It's been a few years since I've been back home. So uh, I was just wondering if the audience has anything, any other funny kind of stories. I don't think normal high schoolers run little mini social experiments on their own. But if there's any out there that somebody would like to share, 657-464-7609, that is the number that you should call. Or you can, of course, record yourself on your smartphone and email it to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Dollamocracy 2016, facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So I want to talk about today on this this special 115th episode edition of Dollamocracy, the fact that the Republican Party is cruising for a goddamn bruising this election cycle if they don't leave their homosexuality-obsessed message alone. It's it's getting, well, one, it's tired. But two, listen, the jury's in. We know. Americans are okay with it. We have, we have stepped boldly into modernity and understand that someone being born gay is not a sin. It is not an abomination for which they should be murdered. Well, not everybody, but the majority. Well, right. You know, we, we've talked about that poll on the show. 58% of millennial Republicans believe that it is A-OK for gays to be married. Yes. That should say something to this older generation. But apparently it doesn't. Mike Huckabee was on Tony Perkins, hate monger Tony Perkins radio show this week, and they had this interaction. Very strange. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Governor Mike Huckabee joins me talking about the uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act in the, uh, the state of Arkansas, also uh, up in Indiana. Uh, that is uh, still being uh, tweaked up uh, there as they're reworking some of the language in that. Uh, Governor, the, the idea of, or I guess one, a core principle of a civil society is that we all are different. And we have different beliefs, different ideas, and we tolerate one another. The idea that you would go into a place of business that engages in, let's, we're talking about wedding vendors here, and force someone to do something that's against their will, instead of just saying, all right, I don't agree with you, and I, 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 I don't like that you don't like what I'm doing, but you know what, I'm going to go next door to the other florist. Instead of yeah. doing that, what they're doing is they're using the government to force somebody to engage in something. Now, some people may say, well, you know, that's, you're just, you're, it, it's just this thing with same-sex weddings. No, actually, if, as you pointed out earlier, where does this stop? Where will it stop? Well, it won't stop until there are no more churches, until there are no more people who are spreading the gospel. And, and I'm talking now about the unabridged, unapologetic gospel that 
is really God's truth. So the gays aren't going to stop until there are no more churches. <laughs> right, because there are no homosexuals that are religious and go to church. Right, there's not millions of gay Christians in this in this country. It's just, one, it is, and we're going to get to this next clip with the wacky ass, no chance in hell of getting the nomination, Ted Cruz. But it's this weird tendency toward the hyperbolic. It's this weird tendency toward catastrophic statements. They're not going to stop until there are no churches. Oh, my God. He's trying to, to dust up fear within the Christian community. Like, it's the last chance. If you don't vote for me, the gays are going to control this, and they're going to not stop until all the churches have to be closed down and until the gospel of Jesus Christ can't be preached anymore. Well, and fear is a great motivator. Yeah, so. oftentimes it is. And he knows that. So, like I said, Ted Cruz was at some um, candidate panel where he, and it looks like in the video, it looks like... Uh, Huckabee is sitting next to him, a completely different day, and this is what the reasonable, rational Ted Cruz had to say. We look at the jihad that is being waged right now in Indiana and Arkansas, going after people of faith who respect the biblical teaching that marriage is the union of one man and one woman. We need to bring people together to the religious liberty values that built this country. It wasn't long ago when, when, when this was an area of bipartisan agreement. It wasn't long ago. It used to be Democrats and Republicans. They might disagree on marginal tax rates. But when it came to the First Amendment, we all stood together and said, of course, every one of us has a God-given right to seek out and worship God and, and to live according to our faith and our conscience and our beliefs. This election needs to be about bringing together that consensus again, and that's got to come from me. So, obviously, this is one of the reasons that, you know, Hillary Clinton's video is a, a good option over the Republicans because she showed lesbians and homosexuals, and then you have the Republicans over here talking like Ted Cruz just did, and... I mean, yeah. what, are you, what are you supposed to do with well, that? It's crazy because not only is he he's he's com combining two fears of the right of the extreme fundamentalist Christian right. Right. It's they're afraid of the queers and they're afraid of the Muslims. They're afraid of terror. So jihad, he's saying it's like a gay jihad, a, a spiritual war. It doesn't. He, he's, it's fear-mongering at its highest and most eloquent state is what it is. It's, it's shocking to me that these men are considered credible candidates. Th this is ridiculous. Why is the media not jumping on this and talking about him and repeating the things that he's saying? Because this will discredit him quicker than anything else. So... Well, speaking of discrediting, Pat Robertson, I really think he's losing his mind. I think it's not just... Losing? Well, you know what I mean. I, I mean, he is, he's clearly uh, a, hate, a hateful man. 
Clearly, yes. he's a hateful man. Well, I don't know. But I think he's losing touch with his his agency, his his me- mental faculties. Mm-hmm. I think senility may be setting in to his old ass head. Right. Because he's he he's talking about Hillary Clinton in this clip, but he's talking about Back to the Future, the movie. I, I don't know. Tell me what you think. There was a motion picture about a mad scientist who invented a car that took you back to the future. Back to the future or back to the past, as the case may be. Are we going back to the 50s? Is that where we want to be or in the 70s? Well, it looks like one of the candidates wants to take us back to the future. And no one is surprised that Hillary Clinton is once again running for president. She's been gaff-prone, but she said she's ready. Regardless of what the polls say, she's got a lot of money built up and a powerful uh, uh, machine to take her back to the future. <laughs> right? Uh, um, so the, the silence is just because I'm so confused. Um, gaff prone? Pat Robertson is, yeah, is well, one to talk. Listen, if it takes one to know one. Yeah. Pat Robertson, above any person probably, should know about being gaff prone. <laughs> yes. The man who has said that the, the gays in San Francisco, they have a, a ring with a sharp hook on it to cut you, to give you the stuff. Yeah. To infect you with AIDS. The stuff. The stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Science. So, but what's strange to me is he's one of these types, like Bill O'Reilly, mm-hmm. who harken back to the 50s as a wonderful golden age in America. Just frightening. Right. When blacks couldn't drink out of the same fucking water fountain, that's the kind of time we need to go back to. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Well, I think it's because they take their cues and they remember the 50s being like leave it to beaver. Mhm. They they love the tradition. Of course, where the husband comes home from work and his wife has his martini waiting for him. And he's, you know, it's, it's... Yeah, and she's wearing heels and her hair is done yeah, and her makeup's totally done. totally bizarre. Wearing it, heels in the house. It's not based in reality. I mean, I Love Lucy, for many, many years when they showed bedroom scenes... Rick, oh, right. Ricky and Lucy slept in different fucking beds. Yeah, where'd that kid come from? <laughs> he just was dropped by the stork. It's not based in reality. Parents obviously shared the same bed. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know what I don't I have any any idea what Pat Robertson's talking about. There's another group that I think is handling. Well, I just want to say before you go on, it's funny that he's talking about Hillary Clinton taking us back as though that's a bad thing because that's what he wants. That's what I mean by the clip is me. It just doesn't make any sense at all. Right. That's what he wants. So he should love Hillary Clinton and also yeah. No, that's not because the the progressives are wanting to move us in a direction that's away from the traditional right. way of looking at things. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, I listened to the clip several times trying to glean some sort of of rational understanding, trying to piece together, do, put the dots like a like a dot to dot puzzle, figure out what he was talking about. I thought maybe he was leading down the like back to the future like she's going to r- ramp up the campaign again, so she's repeating the past i don't know i don't think that's what he was getting at but i couldn't make heads or tails of it i have no idea it's it's bizarre and it like i said leads me to believe that senility might be setting in and you know i wish i had more empathy for him if that's the case but 
we're better off with a completely disabled Pat Robertson than someone who can get on TV every day. You know what I mean? He's a dangerous, dangerous man. Right. And I would love to meet the people that hear that and think, oh, yes, yes, that is profound. Right. <laughs> well, there's there's lots of them. I know there is because he's on TV. They ride in in droves for seeking his advice. So anyway, uh, there's another group that I think is handling her campaign, the, the first few days of her campaign, very unrealistically. And that's the mainstream media. The lamestream media, you mean? No, I don't mean that. I mean the mainstream media. The uh, media. I'm just trying to be like yeah. Sarah Palin, sorry. Yeah, don't 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 do that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> they're being ridiculous. They're following her around and they they're reporting it as though it's news that she rode in a car for, or a bus, as it were, from New York to Iowa. And they are reporting on where she eats lunch and what she orders for lunch. Mm-hmm. And if she stops and takes photos with voters who recognize her, uh, this is not news. That's not news. I, what are they doing? And if she drinks a blueberry Izzy. Oh, that's right. That, that's exactly right. Th- they reported that when she was at uh, Chipotle. They, she ordered some kind of fucking burrito bowl or something, and then they said what kind of Izzy or Fizzy or whatever kind of drink that is. Maybe it was a blackberry Izzy. I don't know if they have blueberry. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I just want to give accurate reporting. Yeah, that's. there's no need to report that kind of information. It's it completely ridiculous. And it might bite her in the ass because there will come a time because now she's the only Democratic candidate. There's no one else to shoulder the weight of media scrutiny and media attention. Right. So she's going to have a year and a half of solid over-reporting, and it, there could be a fatigue, a Hillary Clinton fatigue that happens. Amongst, You're already feeling the Hillary Clinton oh, fatigue. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was Hillary fatigued before. Oh, speaking of this, we yes. did, I didn't even think about talking about this. I was kind of giving this. you the eyes, trying to prompt you to remember. Yeah, for sure. Listen, one of our international listeners, Alexander from Denmark, Loyal listener. We love Alexander. He always has some great contributions. But he wrote on the Facebook wall, um, we put a post up, and he was critical of the way that I dealt with uh, Hillary Clinton last time on the show when I did my, uh, my I'm running for president, yay, my my Hillary voice. Or I'm, I'm trying to develop the voice, but right now that's what I got. Which listener Katie says is more like Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Eddie. So what what uh, what did he say exactly? Here is a little pledge, by the way. Next time you talk about Hillary Clinton, could you do it in a little more respectable manner, Jesse? I perfectly know that you don't like her, but that is not a reason for bullying her in the way that you did in the last episode. Ah, yes, Alexander. You fell right into Brittany Page's trap. My trap? Well, you we talked about this last time. Yes, we did. With with the uh, with with Rand Paul talking to female reporters and Chuck Todd coming to the aid of these female reporters right. and Megan Kelly and you agree right that they don't need the man's help they are perfectly capable perfectly strong perfectly able of taking up for themselves right so in that instance Megan Kelly was referring to reporters who may push back against her and she doesn't need to be coddled you can push back against her in whatever way that you see fit right and. 
it is the same for you making fun of Hillary Clinton's voice. You did the same thing with Ted Cruz a couple of weeks ago when he announced. Yeah, well, I, Ted Cruz sounds more like, and Alexander's not going to get the joke because they don't sell Sargento cheese. Hi, I'm the Sargento cheese guy. The, the, I'm making fun for a comedic purpose. Right. Because one, part of this show is not just hard-hitting reporting. I'm kind of a dick, and I'm going to make fun and make jokes because that's what I do. Yeah. But the other thing, Alexander, and I listen, I love you. We love you for listening, and, and we appreciate as much contribution as you've made to the show. It's awesome. For me, it's a feather in my cap, the cap that I never wear, <laughs> that we even have any international listeners at all. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Here's the thing, Alexander. Hillary Clinton doesn't, well, one, she doesn't even know the fuck that I exist. And I'm sure she wouldn't care. Right. And here's <laughs> the other thing. Hillary Clinton lived in the White House of the United States of America for eight years. Yes. She was secretary of state of the most powerful country on the planet for many years. I'm not bullying her by making fun of her voice. And if you think I'm bullying her... You should go on YouTube and watch Saturday Night Live skits that they've done of her. If I'm bullying her, they're bullying her. And finally, my point would be, she has chosen to live a public life. She has entered the public arena and therefore subjected herself to public ridicule and scrutiny. To criticize or even make fun of is not bullying, it's what comes along with being a public figure. Well, and what would constitute bullying? I mean, I don't really know what it would be. I mean, we've talked about on the show, you know, rape threats at celebrities and things like that. Yeah, I think that would be abusive. Those I, are abusive. I, I, think I don't that, even think what I was doing was abusive, though. Right, it's just, it's just kind of... Teasing. Well, just dumb, also. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's highbrow humor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So at least you're not fooling yourself. So I'm sorry to tell you, Alexander, but you are fucking wrong on this one. Very wrong. And uh, I'm not going to take your advice. I am most certainly going to moving forward continue to make fun of, of Hillary Clinton hey! and Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz, the Sargento cheese guy, and. Listen, if there are jokes you don't get because you're not from America and you don't see the same TV that we see or anything, go on YouTube and Google Sargento Cheese Guy and you'll be able to hear the Sargento Cheese Guy's voice. Yeah, I, it disturbs me when you do that. I wish you'd stop doing it. Ted, no. I'm Ted no. Cruz and I'm running for president. I, wonder, I, I hate the homosexuals. It's like it's making me sweat because it's making me anxious. <laughs> Um, I wonder if they do have Sargento cheese there, though. Of course they don't. It's not fine cheese that's exported out of the country. Well, who knows? It's I don't shitty know. Albertson grocery store cheese. Come on, Brittany Page. I love cheese. So we still do not have a Pew Research stinger segment intro. So I'm just going to move on. Pew Research. Pew, pew. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, they re they released some data talking about the deep dive into party affiliation. Right. So they break down the differences by race, gender, generation, education of Republicans, Democrats, and 
just Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> um, well, there's no no viable third party, so that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be like independence or something. I don't know. Yeah, that those, those are non-committal assholes like me. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, and I think everybody can choose one if they try to say that they're just moderate. Everybody can choose at least one party that they that they would prefer to go with. The vast majority, yeah. Okay, so as far as race and ethnicity goes, Republicans hold a 49 to 40% lead over the Democrats in leaned party identification among whites, primarily white. Mm -hmm. The GOP's advantage widens to 21 points among white men who have not completed a college degree, (laughs) 54 to 30%, and white Southerners, 55 to 34%. That does not surprise me there. Okay, so as far as gender goes, women lean Democratic. Yeah. And men are evenly divided. 44% identify as Democrats or lean Democratic and 43% affiliate with or lean with the Republicans. Gender differences are evident in nearly all subgroups. So Republicans lead among married men while married women are evenly divided. Democrats hold a substantial advantage among all married adults, but their lead in leaned partisan identification is greater among unmarried women than unmarried men. Huh. So unmarried women more likely to be the Democrats. Yeah, of course. And then married women typically are going to have families more than unmarried women. That's why they're evenly divided. Yeah, and they're evenly divided. Yeah. So as far as education goes, Democrats lead by 22 points in leaned party identification among adults with postgraduate degrees. The Democrats' edge is narrower among those with college degrees or some postgraduate experience. So you can't just say that Democrats are generally more educated. I really thought you were going to say smarter. No. But having a degree does not make you smarter. I know a lot of people with no degree who are very smart. Across all educational categories, women are more likely than men to affiliate with the Democratic Party or lean Democratic. So what you were just saying, I know what you're saying is true. But again, it's one of those instances where what's generally true about education and people who don't have a degree. Yeah, I, well, yeah, it's I on think average. That, that's probably true. Right. I think generally, people with with educations are smarter. Yeah, and then there's the outliers. Yeah, that that you know don't have an education and are like Matt Damon on on Goodwill Hunting. Yes, <laughs> there's not a lot of Will Huntings out there. Oh yeah, yeah, sweeping the floor and solving equations at night. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> How do you like those apples? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So millennials continue to be the most democratic age cohort. No surprises there. Yeah, no kidding. 51% identify as Democrat or lean Democratic, compared with 35% who identify with the GOP or lean Republican. And this is just, I mean, think of Think of when you were younger and your peers and what they believed. And, of course, they tended to be Democrats. Yeah, well. Well, I mean, probably not where you were from. Um, no, not not typically. But here, here's my problem with this is those numbers will skew toward Republican a little bit. Not skew. They will go that direction once these kids get a little older. But the Republican Party has to be to have these statistics at their fingertips. But they're doing nothing or at least the party establishment and their candidates are not doing anything to try to win over these uh, millennial voters. 
they're not even heading that direction. You know what I mean? They're being aggressively defiant on the issues that are important to millennials. Right. Aggressively defiant. Right. And they so, they need to learn to win over those individuals. So the last category is religion. And this is kind of interesting. Uh, Mormons are consistently reliable as Republicans. What do you think? 85, 90% does it say? Republicans lead in the leaned party identification by 48 points among Mormons and 46 points among white evangelical Protestants. No surprise there. Nope. Jews lean Democratic by roughly two to one. Yep. And the balance of leaned partisan affiliation among white Catholics and white mainline Protestants closely resembles that of all whites. Split right down the middle. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's interesting. We, We will definitely put a link to that on the Facebook page so you can check it out and get very a lot more in-depth, because we just scratched the surface. They do a lot of very in-depth uh, analysis of it. So so speaking of that religion, kind of an aspect, um, this happened a, a few days ago in Iowa, and it's another one of these cases like like happened in Idaho when the, 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 the Hindu gave the opening invocation of the state Senate. Well, this happened at the state, uh, the state house of Iowa, and a Wiccan priestess whatever the fuck that means uh she gave the opening invocation the opening prayer at the iowa house of representatives and many of the members either walked out and boycotted or turned their backs to her in the most disrespectful way that they could or did the most disrespectful thing that they could if they weren't going to leave it's to turn your back on someone which is becoming a trend right so I wanted to play the prayer because, one, it is stupid. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's ridiculous, like any prayer, but this one's extra goofy because she tries to cover all of her bases with her universalist, unitarian, weirdo, you know what I mean? Like, uh, red and yellow, black and white, and all are precious in our sight, and so are the handicapped, and so are these, and uh, trying to cover everything. Oh, that was some nice little poetry. It's like a college edu- It's like a college uh, pamphlet advertising the school, and they've got the Asian, the black, and the Mexican, and the the kid in the wheelchair, and everything. They try to just cover everybody. It's like the cast of Glee. Right. So listen to this prayer, and then we're going to talk about a pastor in Iowa named Carrie Gordon, who wants to assure everyone that the Christian right in Iowa control the Iowa Republican Party. House come to order. Prayer, prayer today will be offered by Priestess Deborah Maynard from Cedar Rapids Unitarian Universalist in Cedar Rapids. She is the guest of Representative Bennett from Lynn County. Following the prayer, the Pledge of Allegiance will be led by Andrea Lillig. She is a page and she is from Grimes. We call this morning to God, Goddess, Universe, that which is greater than ourselves to be with us here today. By the earth that is in our bones and centers us, may all here remember our roots and those we are here to represent. By the fire that gives us light and passion, may all here remain passionate about the work that must be done for the people of Iowa. By the air that gives us breath and logic, may all here find thoughtful solutions to the problems that are presented. By the water that flows through our blood and stirs our emotions, may all here draw on that emotional intelligence which helps us to see the inherent 
worth and dignity of every person. We call this morning to spirit, which is ever present, to help us respect the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Be with us and this legislative body and guide them to seek justice, equity, and compassion in the work that is before them today. Blessed be, aho, and amen. <laughs> I love it. Boring. What in the hell did she just say? That was really long. Terrible. Yeah. So maybe they didn't leave. They only left because they knew they were going to be fucking falling asleep. Maybe that's why they bailed out. Yeah, but it's just weird because they're acting as though this was offensive or this was inappropriate. Right. It, it, it's fine. It, 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 well, it said nothing. The other thing is if you don't believe in it, then all it is is just words and nonsense. So, I mean, that prayer means just as much to me as a Christian prayer or a Hindu prayer or a, a Muslim prayer. It, right. It's, it's just as worthless to me. Right. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, so why are they? Why do they feel threatened by it? That's kind of... It's bizarre. I don't know. A lot of Christians do believe that there is power in those words and that that is Satan and that she is uh, conjuring demons. I mean, you know, I grew up in a denomination of Christianity that definitely believes that. I mean, we were taught that not even to go to karate because you are by any kind of meditation is conjuring demons and allowing demons to overtake your body. It was it's very very bizarre. Very paranoid way of thinking, clearly. So like I said before the clip, there is a pastor in Iowa named Kerry Gordon and he is quoted as saying, "We control the Iowa GOP." Well, now this is problematic if it's the case. Because Iowa does hold a lot of sway over who gets nominated. Because some degree of momentum occurs. And the Iowa caucuses are very, very early on in the process. They, they kick off the process. And if a candidate gets the, the momentum from New Hampshire and Iowa, South Carolina, those few uh, primaries and, and caucuses, uh, it can... It could, send them propelling toward the nomination. And if this Kerry Gordon guy does have the kind of clout that he claims to, it could be detrimental relative to getting a moderate candidate the nomination for the Republican Party. So Gordon is a well-known evangelical Christian pastor with a church in Sioux City that can draw 600 people on Sundays and a voice that echoes far beyond the pulpit. Gordon backed former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum in the 2012 GOP field, sending out text messages, tweets, and a video announcement to deliver his message of the candidate that he was endorsing for which, president of the United States. Which is problematic on many fronts, not just manipulating um, his his um, following, his flock. Right. But that's against the law. It's insane. He, he is tax-exempt, and a condition of his tax-exempt status is that he's not going to be involved in the electoral process. I, I, I really hope that someone steps up and either revokes or investigates this man because this is you know, a flagrant violation of federal election law. Well, and this has to be more common 
than just this guy and a couple select few people here and there. Oh, I think so. It, yeah. it seems excessive to send tweets, text messages, I mean, t- and a video announcement to alert your congregation as to who they should be voting for. Yes. Or who you're voting for and then just surreptitiously influence them of who they should be voting for. This is why they should not have, and I, you know, Democrats like to call it subsidy or those very liberal atheists like to call it a subsidy from the government, but their tax exempt status just needs to be revoked, especially if they're going to be in the process. But even if they don't want to be in the process, sorry, you're not a valid charity and he's not acting like a fucking charity for sure. So uh, very problematic. I'd like to see something happen. If somebody knows about Kerry Gordon, uh, please uh, fill us in 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. So back to Pew, Brittany Page. Pew, pew. <laughs> uh, they did a study and they released some data on how different groups think about science. And both Brittany and I thought it was super, super interesting. Yeah. So they did a breakdown of the views on safety of genetically modified foods. And they did it from men and women, whites, blacks, Hispanics, uh, an age range, and then an education range. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) So more men than women say that GMOs are generally safe. 47% of men, uh, 28% of women. And I wonder if this is because women are more influenced by people like Food Babe than men you know <laughs> or maybe men are just risk takers uh risky gmos yeah i don't know i wonder what the driving force is behind that that women are a little more hesitant and, and feel they're generally unsafe yeah i don't know and then definitely interesting though yeah right and then the age range was pretty evenly Kind of split. Distributed. So, but the education was not. So the group that was most likely to say that GMOs are generally safe were college graduates at 49%. And then it goes down from there. 32% with some college and 32% with high school or less. So those with high school or less, 62% said they were generally unsafe. (laughs) 60% of some college said they're generally unsafe. And 40% of college graduates said generally unsafe. Do they go uh, further with that, like uh, graduate school? Just college grad plus sign. Huh. So college grad or more, Hmm. I'm assuming is what that means. That, That is interesting. And those numbers are still not where they should be. I never expect it to be 100% because there's always going to be nutters out there. But having those numbers just where they are is, I don't know, I don't want to say depressing, but it certainly bums me out. Which does lead us, you just mentioned her, Food Babe, having a bad week this week. Uh, A lot of mainstream media. What are they, Brittany? The lamestream media. (laughs) Her bitter. Uh they have kind of taken some shots across the bow at her and hopefully are convincing this same uneducated group (laughs) and these skeptical ladies that she is a charlatan and a fraud. Yeah, she's been having a lot of very prominent news organizations post articles about her. Yeah. Uh, NPR did one entitled, Is the Food Babe a Fearmonger? Scientists are speaking out and... 
They featured a cancer surgeon quoted in the article calling her a blackmailer. Wow, that is awesome. In March of 2015, the New York Times ran an article that said that she has no training as a food scientist, nutritionist, or chef. Yeah. And that she receives a commission from promoting certain alternative products. We've talked about that on the show. Yeah. Uh, April 11th, 2015, Time published five more food babe myths you shouldn't believe. <laughs> Business Insider posted an article. It's just been on and on yeah. and on. All these major sources are posting articles taking her down. And she's not taking it very well. Yeah. Well, she's she does what I hate when people do on Facebook, that if they get a little bit of flack on something they posted, that they delete the whole post. And there's no integrity in that, especially if you're a blogger or any kind of, and I'm using this term very, very loosely, but journalist. Mm -hmm. And she does purport herself to be some kind of researcher, right. some kind of journalist, yes. some kind of champion for the truth. Mm -hmm. And when her articles, her blogs, when they come under fire, she just deletes them without letting anybody know that it was edited. I mean, she edits them without letting anyone know. Or deletes them. Or just fucking deletes it. Right. And so that's what's been happening. People have been looking up her old Facebook and Twitter uh, feeds and posts and finding some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. Brittany Page <laughs> with the shit, huh? Nice. Apparently, she asserted that flu shots were used as genocidal tools. Yes. Yeah. When this Twitter post was unearthed, she immediately deleted the tweet. She... The one that I read that I thought was awesome was that water, when the word Hitler is said in front of water, it will, like, degradate the quality of the water. Right. Just the word Hitler being said in front of water, <laughs> water, liquid water, will make it less healthy and damaging to the body. Right. Well, she's she's also one of those people who says that sunscreen is bad for you, right? Yeah. Despite the fact, as noted in this LinkedIn article we'll post on the Facebook page, that in 2015, approximately 140,000 people are expected to be diagnosed with melanoma, a skin yeah. cancer that is from too much sun exposure. Right. And Deadly. sunblock Deadly. blocks you from sun exposure. Right. Um, she also famously, we talked about this on the show in the past as well, regarding recirculated air in an airplane, she wrote, the air that is pumped in isn't pure oxygen. It's mixed with nitrogen, sometimes almost at 50%. Right. When, I'm saying it in that voice yeah, on purpose. Our nitrogen levels that we, we, we breathe in our normal oxygen, I think it's like 78%. Ding, ding, ding. Is that the number? Yes. Yeah. It's very, very high. The reason, well, if we did have an over 50% oxygen concentration in our air, shit would be blowing up and exploding everywhere because oxygen is highly flammable. Bad sitch. So anyway, the, the Hitler thing, I just found it. Um, she says, I can only imagine what a microwave, because in this article, it's about how not to microwave your food or water. Uh, I can only imagine what a microwave is doing to the nutrients, comma, energy of our food. And that doesn't even, what a terrible writer. I can only imagine what a microwave is doing to the, the nutrients, energy of our food, and to our bodies when we consume microwave food. For the experiment pictured above, microwaved water produced a similar physical structure to when the word Satan and Hitler were repeatedly exposed to the water. That is grade A 
champion, world champion nutter butter shit right there, Brittany Page. Yeah. So what is she doing in response? Uh, she's accusing her critics of being shills for Big Pharma and accusing people of being paid by Monsanto. <laughs> She refuses to debate or even discuss her conclusions with critics. And she, of course, like you said, is attempting to delete all of these statements that people are digging up. Thank God for uh, these archive services and sites that just send crawlers out all over the Internet. And they take screenshots to preserve in perpetuity these sites. It's the same thing going back to the Charentine um, debate that we had. When you write a blog, just because you delete it doesn't mean it's gone. Food Babe should be better at this and smarter at this it, it, since she's such a genius researcher. She should know that it's not gone. I've got screenshots of your Hitler, Satan, ruining water comment. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So in conjunction with this, we found this this week. Here are 10 Facebook pages that you need to stop fucking sharing. Yes, we found this article and boy, is it great. Oh, really, really good. Okay, so number 10, Alex Jones. Of course, that's InfoWars conspiracy nutter butter. He believes that there are chemtrails, planes fly over us and spray us, mind control chemicals all over us. He believes 9-11 is an inside job. I'll interact with your show by calling you a dickhead. Many people believe that 9-11 was an inside job, but it is conspiracy, nutter, butter, bullshit. I'll interact with your show by calling you a dickhead. Number nine, Brittany. Well, excuse me, I'm not done. So oh. they, for, for every every post, they for every suggestion of page, they give a post that, that they screenshot. Oh, it from I didn't it. know that. Yeah. So Alex Jones shared a what's in vaccines link and said, learn about some of the ingredients in vaccines like formaldehyde, aluminum, MSG, mercury, and aborted fetal tissue. Oh, aborted fetal tissue, you say? Yes. They also put um, comments from a fan on every single one, just a sample fan comment so you get an idea of the kind of people that like the page. Right. Kind of ad hominem, but go ahead. I'll just, I'll read some of the funnier ones, sure. but we don't need to read all of them. So let's go to number nine, or do you want to tell me to go to number nine? I already did, so go ahead. You're just late. Okay, You're sorry. late to the party. I know. I have to be directed. I, I don't know what to do without direction. <laughs> Help me. I'm a lady. Um, okay. Number nine is Food Babe. Oh, only number nine, huh? She has 938,000 fans on Facebook. Yes. 938,000 fans on yeah. Facebook. R really? Almost a million. That it, It's... Very, very sad. Go ahead. So this is just a sample post from her page. The pollen outside is out of control. I've got puffy eyes and a swollen nose this morning. Yuck. Going to get a neti pot like crazy. Juice with ginger and garlic. Drink ginger tea and eat some local honey. Also, I'm going to make sure I take a shower after being outside. My hair loves pollen. Ha ha. Got any other strategies? You're just a woman with a small brain. With a brain a third the size of us. It's science. So the sample, the sample fan comment is, I love using my Young Living Essential Oils. They are awesome, Vanny. You really need to try them. Yeah, oh yeah. The Young Essential Oil, holistic or, or homeopathic bullshit that they claim that will cure Ebola. I mean, that's the crowd with which she runs. Right. Number eight. Eat clean, train mean, live green. One million fans. Who's that? That's the name of the page. Oh, that's the name of the page. Yes. Oh. 
And I won't repeat it again because yeah. that's meaningless. Live um, green, eat mean, good times. All right, number no, seven. No, you said it wrong. N- number seven. Okay, you just want to skip that one? Yeah. Okay. I've never heard of it, so it's not interesting to me. Number seven, <laughs> Dr. Joseph Mercola. This guy I have heard of, and he is dangerous. One million fans. Okay. And this sample post says, have you ever noticed how good it feels to walk barefoot on a sandy beach or in a grassy area? There is a reason for that. It's called the grounding effect. Discover how grounding or earthing can balance your body and health. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Okay. And this is the sample fan comment. If you see a small amount of dandelions growing in a large grass area, does it red flag any potential use of a roundup or not? Hopefully. I can only guess. I always feel nervous walking barefoot somewhere that I don't know. Hard to find areas that aren't polluted, at least potentially nowadays. Oh, you almost had it. You got to be quicker than that. I'm trying to read them in the way that I think the person would talk. Of course, that's of course, it. it's perfect. Okay, I mean, you might be bullying them. Alexander might be. He might target you. I feel bullied by Alexander, to tell you the truth. I don't know what I should do. I do too. <laughs> All right, number six. Prevention Magazine. It this has, this one surprised me. It has 1.3 million Facebook fans. Their sample post says, move over coconut oil. There's a new do-all serum in town. 13 genius uses for tea tree oil. Ugh. And it tea pro- tree oil. It promotes natural cures. And what's a, what's a, a user post on the page? I worked as a veterinary nurse for over 20 years. Tea tree oil might be okay in low doses for humans, but in 1995 to 1997, more than 13 dogs came to our hospital in liver failure. The one thing they all had in common, C-O-M-A-N, was the use of tea tree oil in their, quote, all-natural dog shampoo. I have always abstained from using tea tree oil for this reason. It has the potential to kill dogs and cats. Then it certainly is not great for humans either. Yeah, chocolate kills dogs, and humans love chocolate. So are you avoiding chocolate, too, because it's poison to dogs? Idiot. All right, number five. Naturalnews.com. Of course. This is a big one that I've talked about quite often. Right. So their sample post is titled, Sell Out Scientists Who Promote Industry Propaganda as Science, Trading Humanity for Profit. They say there is never any scientific proof that GMOs, vaccines, or tobacco are good for your health. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, Because none of them are. Well, two of them are fine. Like, why are you grouping GMOs, <laughs> vaccines, and tobacco together? That's crazy. Um, yet there are plenty of hucksters, shills, frontmen who put their good words about these horrific things, even if they once held healthier beliefs. Here's a closer look at some of these people. Who should we trust anymore? And Neil deGrasse Tyson is featured on the As on someone the not to trust? Yes. <laughs> All right. What's a, what's a user comment? Oh, more. This No, this user comment is the best one out of all of them. Anyone who listens to pop science charlatans like Sagan, Dawkins, Tyson, Nye, the Mythbusters, etc. is a pseudo-intellectual. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Again, perfect. He called... Well, I don't. They crossed out their face. I was just assuming it was a guy. <laughs> I don't know. That's very sexist of you. Yeah, Brittany I don't know Page. what happened. Um, they, he or she, uh, called Carl Sagan a charlatan. Yeah, no shit. A pseudo intellectual. Wow. 
Okay. <laughs> all right, number four. Collective evolution. I see this all the time. Ridiculous. And the sample post they have is, this is what one drink of soda does to your body. Not a pretty picture. And what's the picture? Well, it's of a girl that's very cute drinking a Coke. So, oh. but, but I'm assuming it's, you drink one thing, a soda, and your insides are rotten. Oh, uh, right. You know, it's okay. one of those articles. Number three. Mind body green. Never heard of it. Sample post, 25 reasons why turmeric can heal you. The the spice with which I cook? Yes. Wow. I may, maybe I should cook with it more. Okay. Here's the sample fan comment. Look at natural healing websites. Also, Wiccans know all about herbal healing. <laughs> Well, maybe maybe that's the uh, the lady who gave the invocation at the Iowa State House, the Wiccan lady. It probably she is. She probably knows all about herbal healing. She sounded like she did. Yeah, no shit. Okay, number two. Are we on number two? Yes, Spirit Science. Four point seven million fans on Facebook. Spirit Science. Wait, spirit and science. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And their sample post is 10 ways to improve your psychic ability. Oh, yes. Everyone has a sixth sense. Learn how to better tap into your ability. Is there a user post that's good? It is, but it's really long. And it's just uh, instructions on how to practice sun concentration every morning. <laughs> I, I imagine that's probably a fascinating topic. All right. Number one. The Mind Unleashed. Oh, The Mind Unleashed. 6.6 6 million fans on Facebook. I, yes. re I really hope that that number is 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 made up greatly by like high schoolers and junior high kids and, you know, people who have not yet come into themselves and their intelligent ability because The Mind Unleashed is packed full of not just wacky bullshit, but dangerous ideas. Right. And I'm not going to read the sample post because it's a dumb meme that I don't think really represents what the site does. So I'll just explain what this article says they do. Uh, they say they're a good example of slipping in a bit of bullshit here and there amongst the standard viral Facebook stuff. There's a theme of immature hippie style mistrust of any and every authority. What are you rebelling against? What have you got? That pretty much yeah. just sums up what, what they do. So stop. Stop. If you share those particular sites... Stop it. Oh, sorry. Their bonus post, they did a bonus post for Mind Unleashed, and it's how to detox from fluoride. <laughs> God damn. Helpful tips. These people exist, everybody. Hashtag this person exists. So stop sharing from them. Please. Please do it. Um, and if you agree or if you don't agree, then why don't you let us know why not? 657-464-7609. We want your participation, and your engagement in our topics. Moving on. Some more serious news. ISIL has either issued a video or just released a statement that is calling on people within the United States, disaffected youth or whatever, people who are, are sympathetic to the cause of ISIL, to the Islamic State, and they are threatening another 9-11. They are threatening the kind of attacks that have taken place in Kenya, at the university there, and at the mall there, and the different cities around the, the planet where these rogue agents, these rogue actors have, have uh, lashed out, like in, in Ottawa, in Canada, where the gunman killed the soldier and then went 
on his shooting spree within the uh, the legislative building. Right. So they said, America thinks it's safe because of the geographical location. Thus, you see, it invades the Muslim lands, and it thinks that the army of the jihad won't reach their lands. It's like a little poem. Yeah, this is, but this is the statement from ISIL. This is yes. what they are declaring. Yes. Trying to gather support and gain um, recruits who live within the borders of the United States already. Right. They continue. But the dream of the American to have safety became a mirage. Today, there is no safety for any American on the globe. By Allah's willing, the fear will spread among them again soon. Here it is, America now losing billions still to make sure their country is safe. But today, it's time for payback. By the grace of Allah... Today, the Mujahideen are much more stronger and they have more resources than before. Thus, they are able to burn the United States again. Listen, this is why it is important to stay vigilant. And this is why it is important to to understand the threat that we face. These aren't just whack jobs. These are dangerous individuals who believe wacky shit. But they are very effective at murder and carnage, and we need to be aware of it. Right. And they said a law several times, just I want to throw that in there. Um, so when we were talking about Bill Maher uh, last time on the show, yeah. and he says, believe what they say. Right. Why would you not? We've seen them light people on fire. We've seen them brutally murder people by sawing off their fucking heads. Right. Believe what they say. Right. Take them at their words. Yeah, they're not kidding around. Right. They they actually believe this stuff. And I know that it's frightening and it's hard to believe for for normal people, but they do. They are motivated by religion. Believe that. Believe it. It might not be the pure form of Islam that you think exists. It doesn't matter if it is. It is a version of Islam that they believe wholeheartedly. They cannot wait to die to be reunited with their, or united with their 72 virgins in the palace of Allah and Muhammad, peace be upon him. I'll, when you said that, all that popped into my head was uh, Party All the Time by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> my girl wants to party all the time. I don't <laughs> You said 72 virgins in heaven, and Eddie Murphy just started singing Listen, in my head. that's not a party. That's a bummer. <laughs> okay, anyway, I, I want to make a little joke here. Um, this is why it's scary. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> this is why it's scary that the, the Euro helicopter. It's not a Euro. Oh, I see. That's the joke. Yeah. Today, today I didn't give the date, but today is, is Wednesday. Uh, April 15th, and some nutter from Florida. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that either. But some Florida nutter flew his gyrocopter onto the lawn of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. today. Yes. He's from Florida. I, I probably already said that. He's a mailman as well. Yeah. So anyway, and... It looks like Euro, like the sandwich, Eurocopter. Mm-hmm. And Brittany kept calling it a Eurocopter. 
<laughs> Joking. Yes. <laughs> it's a gyrocopter. Because euros are delicious. Anyway, that completely has nothing to do. Oh, I know. You're getting at. Yes, because yeah. he was able to land and he was flying over the Lincoln Memorial. He flew from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, two hours away from the Capitol. And no one caught him. Yes, he... No one stopped him until he flew his shitty little gyrocopter <laughs> onto the lawn of the United States Capitol. Yeah, he was in the no-fly zone. And he yeah. could have... What if he had a bomb? What if he right. had a bomb strapped well, to what his if, what if he helicopter? Wasn't, what if he wasn't a nutty Floridian? Right. What, what if, if he was ISIL? Yeah, right. What if he wasn't just a mailman trying to deliver 500 letters? That's right. No, it's... A, it's it, we live in dangerous times and listen i know statistically you don't have a great chance of dying from a terrorist attack but the chances that our country will be subject to attack is m far greater than your individual danger level so we need to be vigilant we need to encourage our elected officials to get off their dumpy lazy partisan asses and do something about this threat moving on a very sad story out of Texas, Dallas, Texas, a Christian quote unquote prophet has been arrested. Um, this is this is another thing. This is domestic terrorism. As far as I'm concerned, she starved or forced a two year old to fast for 25 days, starving the two year old to death and has been arrested after she tried to exercise the demons from the child and bring it back to life. Good evening, I'm Steve Deagle. Police records tell how a two-year-old was starved to death as part of a religious ritual to drive out demons. Police arrested a pastor who they say was part of the ceremonies. First on Fox 4 News at 10, Natalie Solis is in now with the evidence Balt Springs police have. Natalie. Well, Steve, first off, this child's body still has not been found, but police say they have statements from witnesses who claim to have seen the child dead. And police say there is enough evidence to charge a woman claiming to be a prophet with injury to a child by omission. He wanted to bring a bear that he had at the house. Sharon Legrone and her grandson leaving a teddy bear outside the Balt Springs home of strangers. A house that doubled as a church brought to their attention by the horrors police say unfolded there. You know, it's just terrible that people are out here doing things like that to small, innocent children. Documents show 49-year-old Araceli Mesa had members of the church, including her husband, the pastor, convinced she was a prophet receiving orders from God. It's unclear why Mesa believed the child was possessed, but police say she decided the toddler would get only water several times a day, no food for up to 25 days. Witnesses who watched the two-year-old deteriorate were scolded when they offered him food. The arrest warrant affidavit for Mesa states, suspect Mesa advised that if the victim acted up or would not say amen during feeding, victim would be denied food. SMU theologian Philip Wingai Arreo studies Mexican-American faiths. A group of people that believes literally in, in a spiritual warfare and that the world around us is filled with, filled with demons. And so when you have a problem, a situation, the only way to confront that is, is through spiritual means. This makeshift stage at a nearby property, the Mesa's own. A cross still hangs on the back wall, indicating they may have at some point used it for services. 
But their activity, it seems, now centered at the Duke Drive home. Two weeks ago, Fox 4 was first to report the two-year-old boy died at the house. The affidavit states suspect Mesa advised that the fasting ended when victim looked like an alien. That was the sign that the demons were gone. Police say the day after the boy died, there was a service in the living room, complete with chairs in rows and a pulpit. The ceremony aimed at bringing him back to life. When it was unsuccessful, police say, Mesa then told the child's parents God told her they had to take him to Puebla, Mexico. Through interviews and stuff, we know that you know, the child's dead, but I can't sit here and tell you 100% that the child's dead because we don't have the child. All right, well, police say the child's parents are also considered suspects and could face charges if they are located or try to return from Mexico. Steve? Okay, Natalie Solis in the Dallas Newsroom, thank you. Mm -hmm. Everyone involved in this case who is a member of that church and watched this go on should be charged as an accessory. Every single person. Those people who were scolded for trying to give this child food and didn't, and then didn't alert authorities, they should be charged. This is terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's... And and the guy that they interviewed, I want to say this. The man that they interviewed, who's the professor at uh, Southern Methodist University, who's an expert in Mexican-American religions, what he said isn't, isn't uh, specific to Mexican-American religion. I grew up believing that. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says that, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is par for the course for what mainstream Christianity teaches. That's New Testament bullshit. <laughs> So they believe there are demons and demon possession is a real thing. This is imaginary, mythological bullshit. And a two-year-old is dead as a direct result of it. And this isn't the first one. This isn't the first child. No, this is happening all over the country. This happens in Idaho. It seems like on a monthly basis a child dies because their parents refuse to give them modern medical treatment and they want to pray their very treatable disease away right and they die opting for faith healing Ugh. and this again goes back to that bill maher speech which is fighting fundamentalism these are fundamentalists yes and this is why people who are moderate tend to just brush these things off and and just think that you know people don't really believe this stuff but they do i mean yeah it's a bummer these people believe it a lot because they believe God will cure their child if they just pray for them. Ugh. All right, listen, we don't like to leave you bummed out. So we're very quickly going to talk about a study that was done about children who lie. <laughs> yes, two researchers at Harvard recently set out to investigate the question of when do kids realize that maybe they can hurt people's feelings with what they say. Yeah. And when do they do something to correct for that? Like lie. Yeah. So they published their results in the British Journal of Developmental Psychology. And in this experiment, they gathered about 80 kids, five-year-olds, seven and eight-year-olds, and 10 and 11-year-olds. Two researchers presented the kids with four simple drawings of things like houses or cars, two of which were good and two of which were obviously bad. <laughs> 
shitty drawings. Right. This means like <laughs> the door on the house isn't in the right spot or it's yeah, like just crooked. A shitty, a shitty drawing. Yeah, a just terrible, terrible drawing. So they were told to then sort these drawings into good and bad piles. In one condition, one of the experimenters lamented to the other one how she was very sad that she was such a terrible artist. Yeah, right. And then in the other, the experimenter said aloud that she knew she wasn't good at drawing, but as she doesn't care. Then in both conditions, the artist and experimenter, the artist experimenter showed the kid her messy picture and asked the kid directly which pile it belonged in. At all ages, when the kids heard the experimenter say that she was sad because she sucks at drawing, they were more likely to lie to her and put the yeah. drawing in the good pile as compared to the condition in which they heard the experimenter say she knew she wasn't a great artist, but she was okay with that. So if you're okay and you'll be okay if you know that you're a bad drawer, <laughs> they're okay with telling you you're a bad drawer. That is awesome. Very interesting. I, it, it's, it's similar to that uh, through the wormhole video that I think you put online that we took a, a, a screen shots of uh, from Emory University where they they find out about when the kids start being embarrassed to be different than the rest of the group when they mm -hmm. put the sticker on the kid's head. Also correcting for their impressions as right. well, like yeah. how they're perceived by people because they set up these plastic cups and then the researcher says, okay, I'll be right back. We're going to glue these together. The researcher goes out of the room and pulls a line that knocks all the cups yeah, over. Uh, you can't see it. It's like a fishing line. It's invisible. Right. And so the kid is like freaking out. Well, some of them, some of them don't care. Um, <laughs> and they thinking that they did something. And so then the test is, well, is this kid going to care enough to put it back together so they don't look like they knocked it over? Right. Or do they not care? Yeah. So, very interesting. I love these kind of studies. We should do more talks about this kind of stuff. What we should really do is rehash some of the Paul Bloom stuff that's been done at Yale about babies and th how they understand. And even they have, you know, they don't like people with accents. They want people to look like them. Uh, they have empathy very early on. Very interesting stuff. Anyway, we don't have f time for it today, but we will certainly get to it. Listen, we love you for listening. We really appreciate you. To all of you Patreon patrons who have given money to the show and continue to do so, I got the stickers and I'm going to be mailing them out. So again, if you haven't put your address in the system at patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore, uh, go do that because I'm going to mail those out probably tomorrow or the next day. So again, we thank you very much for all that you do, all the time you spend with us, all the, the interaction and engagement that you do. We love you. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to support the show other than listening, on dollamore.com on the left-hand side, there is it, there is an Amazon search bar where you can search for products you're going to purchase. And if you're going to spend your money anyway at Amazon, why not help support your favorite show filled with news? News. Wow, it was committed. And ridiculous comment. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I'm just trying to be like Sarah Palin, sorry. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>